Good evening, my friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. This is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd. And tonight's episode is entitled, Who's Afraid of Ghosts? And I have a treat for you all. I found a three-hour-long audio version of Ghostbusters, starring Bill Murray. Okay, I'm being facetious. (laughs) Forgive me, it's hot and my brain is fried right now. In actuality, we have two very intense ghost stories for tonight's show. So without further ado, this is... Terror Radio. Now, the two radio programs featured tonight are The Mysterious Traveler and Mystery in the Air. Now, Mysterious Traveler was a popular anthology radio series which ran on the Mutual Broadcasting System and it debuted on December 5th, 1943 and concluded on September 16th, 1952. The radio play tonight is called Stranger in the House, and it first broadcasted on March 6, 1944, and was rebroadcasted on January 29, 1952. The script was also recycled on the radio series The Sealed Book, and that premiered on July 8, 1945. So, you know the drill. Sit back. Turn down the lights and listen to Stranger in the House. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Mysterious Traveler. Written, produced, and directed by Robert A. Arthur and David Colvin. And starring two of radio's foremost personalities, Bryna Rayburn and Lyle Sudo, in Stranger in the House. This is the mysterious traveler inviting you to join me on another journey into the realm of the strange and the terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So settle back, get a good grip on your nerves, and be comfortable, if you can, as we follow the nerve-wracking adventures of a young couple in search of a home. It's the story I call, Stranger in the House. The scene, the small village of Woodford in Vermont. It's nine o'clock in the evening, and the main street of the village is deserted. A car comes speeding through the village, and with a squeal of its brakes, comes to a stop before the home of Dr. Samuel Stewart. A young woman, obviously distraught, gets out from behind the wheel of the car and hurries up the walk to the doctor's home. (laughs) 
Mr. Stewart. Yes, yes. Won't you come in? Thank you. Doctor, you, you've got to help me. I, I can't stand it anymore. Well, of course I'll help you. Here, let me have your coat. All right. Now, now, what appears to be wrong? I don't know how to tell you about it. You'll think I'm insane, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm sure you're not. Now, why not start from the beginning and tell me what's troubling you? Well, I, I suppose it all began the day my husband and I left this village to, to look at a house in the country that was for sale. Yes, I, I can recall how happy we were as we drove through the countryside. Oh, Roger. Darling, I do hope this will be the house we're searching for. Oh, look, we're coming to the old colonial graveyard the agent told us about. He said the house was a quarter of a mile beyond. Yeah, that's right. At the end of this curve, there should be a small bridge over a stream. Small bridge over a stream? Mm Mm-hmm. Look, there it is. (laughs) Now, the house should be just a little beyond. Roger, I don't recall the agent having mentioned the bridge. Why, he must have, darling. How else would I have known it was there? Now, look, there's the house. Oh, oh, Roger, isn't it beautiful? Uh-huh. Oh, and what a view it commands. All right, now, look, Jane, you mustn't get too excited about the place. It's probably all fallen to ruins inside. Oh, not, darling. <laughs> you can see it's one of those, those early colonial houses built to endure for centuries. Oh, it's just what we've been dreaming. Yes. This place certainly looks wild and desolate, doesn't it? Well, naturally. The agent said it's been empty for years. Come on. Uh-huh. Well, what do I do with that key now? Roger, look at this old engraved plate set in the wall. Hmm? You can barely make it out. Wickford Manor. Oh, that's a lovely name. Yeah, here we are. Here's the key. Wickford Manor. Oh, I know I'm going to love this place. There you are. After you, Mrs. Barton. Yes, yes, but look at that staircase, that beautiful staircase and those ceiling beams. Janie, honey, you were right. This place was built to endure. This house is in wonderful condition. Yes, so it seems. And and it's it's just the size house we need, with four rooms upstairs. Four rooms upstairs? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know, Roger, that the agent never mentioned how many rooms the house had? He didn't. Well, there's only one way to find out, then. Let's go upstairs and look. Come on, Janie. These stairs are as sound as the day they were built. This house would require very little in the way of repairs. Yes, but it hasn't any electricity, Roger. Oh, so what? We could use lamps till a line could be run to the house. There. Hey, see what I tell you? There are four rooms upstairs. Yes, so there are. It's as though you'd been in this house before. Well, as a matter of fact, I almost have a feeling I have been. Maybe that's the reason I like it. I mean, what's the matter? You've been ever so quiet since we entered the house. Don't you care for it? Oh, it's, it's, it's lovely, Roger, only... Only what? I don't know. It, it seems unfriendly. Unfriendly? <laughs> Who ever heard of a house being unfriendly? And you were crazy about the place when we drove up to it. Yes, yes, I know, but that was before we entered well, it. honey, it's even nicer inside than it is outside. Yes, I suppose and, so. And, and, and think of what a bargain it is at $5,000, Jane. Why, we've looked at houses that cost twice as much and weren't as nice. It 
It is a bargain. But you still don't like it, do you? All right. Then we'll keep looking till we find a house we both like. Oh, nonsense, darling. Well, we, we'll never find anything nicer. Now, now that room with the southern exposure will be our bedroom, and, and that room... Oh, but Jane, oh. Jane, you're wonderful. And we will be happy here, honey. I know we will. In the weeks that followed, I was too busy with the repairs and furnishings of the house to give any thought to my misgivings. But they all returned in overwhelming force that first evening in our new home. I left Roger sitting in the study and made my way up the dark, winding staircase to our bedroom. After tossing for what seemed hours, I, I fell into a fitful sleep. Suddenly awakened to hear the clock in the hall striking the hour. It was four o'clock, and Roger's bed was empty. Quickly slipping on my robe, I left my room and started down the stairs to the study. As I reached the foot of the stairs, I stopped. Well, who are you? To my astonishment, I heard Roger's voice in the study. I, I slowly approached until well, I, I was at the door. It's so difficult. The mist obscures your face. Who are you? Well, why don't you say something? Roger! What Roger, unlock this door! It's James! It's coming between us. I can hardly see you. Oh, no, don't go. Come back. Please, come back. Darling, please unlock this door. Please! Roger! Oh, oh Roger. What? what is it, James? I was so frightened. Who were you talking to? Talking to? Yes. Well, I don't know. I, I must have been dreaming. Oh, yes, you must have been there. There isn't anyone. Roger, hmm? you smell perfume in here? Perfume? Well, yes. Isn't it the perfume I gave you for your birthday? Oh, no, it isn't my perfume. It smells like Narcissus. Yes. Darling... What were you dreaming about? Well, it, it, it was night, and all around me was a mist. A mist so heavy I, I, I couldn't see more than a few feet. There was a woman. A woman? Yes, yes, I, I could barely make out her face and this swirling mists, but it was a beautiful face. Most beautiful I've ever seen. How strange. Of course it was a dream. Yes, of course. We both agreed it was a dream. But in our unspoken thoughts, it was more than a dream. The next day, I entered the study several times to find Roger sitting at his desk, staring into space. The scent of Narcissus was gone. That night, Roger tossed and turned in his bed, unable to fall asleep. Just before dawn, I awoke to find his bed empty. A cold terror swept over me as I left my room and started down the stairs to the study. And then I, I heard that which I most dreaded to hear. Roger's voice. Who are you? 
this mist. If, if, if only you'd come closer. Bridge the distance between us. I've seen you before, haven't I? And yet, where? Yes, yes, I can see much better now. You are beautiful. Who are you? Roger! Roger, please open the door! Why, why are you leaving? No, 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 please don't. Come back, please, come back. Darling, let me in. Please open the door. Oh, Roger, are you all right? Uh, uh, yes, of course I'm all right. The scent of Narcissus. The study's filled with it. Why did you wake me? You saw her again, didn't you? The Narcissus. It's her scent. You only had an awakened. Roger, what are you saying? If only she... She'd spoken to me. What are you saying? It is a dream, isn't it? It must be. I don't know. I don't know. When... When twilight comes, I... I feel her presence in the house, in this room. It's your imagination. It must be. Yes, but the scent of Narcissus, where does that come from? I don't know. I don't know, but it's evil. The house is evil. We must leave it. Leave it? No. No, no, we can't leave it. I've got to see her again. I've got to find out who she is. Roger, we must leave. I don't understand what's happening to us, but it's evil. I can feel it. No, no, I won't leave. I can't. Roger, unlock this door. I want to talk to you. Roger! What do you want? I thought I told you I wasn't to be disturbed. I must talk to you, make you realize that you... Tonight, Jane, she was closer to me than ever before, so close I could almost touch her. I spoke, and she started to reply, and then you knocked. Roger, what's happening to you? She's from another world, a phantom, an evil one. No, no, she isn't evil. She couldn't be. She's too beautiful. Darling, look at me. You can't let her come between us. I'm your wife. I love you. I don't want your love. Roger, listen to me. You must come away from this house. We must leave at once. No. I insist. Will you get out of here? And don't come back. I'll never leave her. As I fled from the house, Doctor, I I could still hear him shouting, I'll never leave her. Oh, you must help me, Doctor. You must. I'll do what I can, Mrs. Barton. You... You don't think I'm losing my sanity, do you? No. That which you fear may well be. Look, there's a history to Wickford Manor, though few people are familiar with it. A history? Yes. The house was built in 1811 by Martin Wickford for his bride, Marie Duval. It was considered one of the finest houses in New England. A year later... Marie's sister, Isabel, came to live with the Wickfords. From uh, some of the old records, letters, I gather she was a remarkably beautiful woman. So beautiful that Martin Wickford fell in love with her. And she with him. Then what happened? One day, while Martin was hunting in the mountains, he was killed in a fall. When his companions brought his body back to Wickford Manor, they found Marie, his wife, dead. She'd been poisoned. Poisoned? Yes. At the sight of Martin's body, 
Isabel went to pieces and confessed to the poisoning of her sister. But before she could be arrested, she did away with herself. In the study. In, in the study? Yes. There's a quotation in the Bible to the effect that a murderer shall find no peace in the hereafter. Isabel Duval was a murderess. Then you do believe her spirit is in the house? In the years that followed the tragedy, Wickford Manor had a succession of tenants, all of whom left after a brief residence. You mean they saw her too? Well, the tenants made no claims of seeing anyone, but their fear of an unknown element in the house led to their leaving. Yes, but if the other tenants never saw her, why should Roger see her? Well, Mrs. Barton, have you ever visited someplace for the first time, had the feeling you'd seen the place before? Oh, well, yes, but... That was imagination. Can one be sure it is imagination? Perhaps you had seen that place in the long ago as another person. As another person? Yes. You, you mean Roger, as another person, had once known Wickford Man? How else do you account for his remembrances of things he'd never seen in this life? I don't know. Doctor, you're trying to tell me something. What is it? All I know is we must return to the manor at once. The spirit that's abroad in that house is one to be feared more than death itself. Please. Please, come closer. There's nothing to be afraid of. She's gone. Oh, please, there, there, there are only the two of us now. You... You're beautiful. You're so beautiful. We... We have... met before, haven't we? Yes. We have met before. You spoke. I've waited so long for you, Martin. <laughs> Why, why do you call me Martin? My name is Roger. It was Martin. Then. Then? What do you mean? Look at me, Martin. What? Look into my eyes. Don't you remember? Yes. Yes, but where? When? Think, Martin. Think. Time is the barrier between us, but we shall overcome it. Think back into the dim past when you lived in this house and we loved each other. When... Isabel. Isabel. Yes, Martin. Isabel. Do you remember now? Yes, 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 I remember everything up to the... Up to the day I... I went hunting in the mountains. And I fell. What happened to me, Isabel? What happened to us? To our love? Don't think of that accursed day, darling. Think of the future. Our happiness together. Yes, yes, Isabel, our happiness together. Just the two of us. In this house, I have waited so long for you to come back, Martin. But at last, we are together. Yes, yes, darling, forever. 
Roger, please open the door. She's come Roger. back. She's come back, Isabel. Don't go. Darling, don't leave me. I must, Martin. No, no, I no. Must. Come back. Come back. Please, come back. Roger, unlock this door. What do you want? Who's he? Oh, this is Dr. Stewart, Roger. Doctor, this is my husband. What the devil did you bring him here for? Roger, please, I... I thought perhaps he could help us. What do you mean, help us? I don't need anyone's help. Your wife has told me everything. My wife has quite an imagination, Doctor. Roger. Lately, she's taking to imagining all sorts of things. I'm beginning to believe she's become unbalanced. I'm not. How can you say such a thing? I wish you'd trust me, Mr. Barton. Allow me to try to help you. I must warn you, the spirit of the woman you see in this study is an evil one. One that will lead you to disaster. I told you I don't need help from you or anyone. Now get out, both of you. Roger. Come along, Mrs. Barton. All I ask is to be left alone. Roger. Roger. Please, please don't cry, Mrs. Barton. You saw him. It's as though he were possessed. Yes, I know. We must do something. We must. We shall, but not tonight. I must have time to think about it. You'd better return to the village with me. No. No, I don't want to leave him in the house alone. Something might happen to him. Are you sure you want to stay? Yes. Very well. I'll return late tomorrow afternoon. When I do, we will take action. Look at her, Martin, lying there in her bed, asleep, so defenseless. If you want me, you must get rid of her. Hurry, Martin, it is almost dawn and I must leave. There's no time to waste. Yes, 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 Isabel, yes. We can't let her come between us. I'll do as you say. Oh, who's there? Roger. Oh, for a moment I was frightened. What time is it? Well, it's, it's just dawn. I I have to do it, Jane. I have to. No, Roger, do not. I can't let you come between Isabel and myself. Not now. Not after we've found each other again. Tighter, Martin, tighter. Until she stops struggling and is still forever. Isabel. Isabel, don't leave me. Isabel, where are you? Isabel. <laughs> Roger. Come back, Isabel. Come back. Roger, can't you see what she's doing to you? Tonight she'll be back again and she won't let you fail. Isabel, darling, don't leave me. Now, please, don't leave me, Isabel. Oh, Roger. Roger. And then he stopped choking you, ran out of your room and down to the study? Yes. Where is he now? He's still in the study. He's been there all day. I should have known better than to have let you remain in this house last night. She knows that if he murders you, he'll join her cursed spirit forever. Oh, look, it's growing dark out. Soon she'll appear before him again. Doctor, we must do something. Last night you said you'd help me. And I will. This woman, Isabel, has been denied the peace of the grave because her sister's blood is on her hands. She belongs neither to the living or the dead, only to this house. If we could get your husband to leave, it might break the spell she's cast over him. Yes, but he absolutely refuses to then leave. Then we must force him to. Force him to? Yes. I can very quickly give him a hypodermic, render him unconscious. Yes, then we could carry him away. To make sure he never returns to this house, we must burn it to the ground before we leave. Burn the yes, house? Yes, yes. Unless, of course, you don't want to. Oh, yes. Yes, we will burn it. 
and the evil that's in it. Then if you'll lead the way to the study. All right, Doctor. Have you the hypodermic ready? Yes. Now, when your husband opens the door, just gain his attention for a moment. Long enough for me to give him the hypodermic. Very well. Shall I knock now? Yes, I'm ready. Roger, open the door. I, I want to talk to you. What do you want? Why has he come back to this house? Oh, he, he's come to take me away, Roger. Take you away? Well, good. I'm glad to see... <clears throat> what did you stick me with? What's that in your hand, Doctor? Just a hypodermic, Mr. Barton. A hypodermic? Well, why? What are you up... You're trying to take me away from this house. From her. Well, I won't go. I won't go. Do you hear? You... Doctor, quick, he's falling. I've got him, Mrs. Brunton. Yes. Now, I suggest you take that lamp and smash it on the floor. Yes, let's burn the place to the ground. That's it. They better help you carry your husband out of the house, Mrs. Brunton. In a little while, this house will be a, a mass of flame. Gaining consciousness now, Mrs. Barton. Will he remember what's happened? I don't know. Oh, hello, Jane. Darling. I had a a terrible dream. It's all so confused. Janie, darling, you're crying. It's nothing, darling. You've been very ill, but... Now you're going to be all right. Of course. Well, who are you? He's Dr. Stewart, Roger. He's been looking after you during your illness. Oh? Where, where, where am I? You're in my home, Mr. Barton. Oh. Yes, darling. Our own house burned down last night. It burned down? Yes. That's too bad. Why... We only had one night in our new home. One night? Yes, yes, of course, Roger. Well, uh, Mrs. Barton, in spite of the loss of your home, I think you were very fortunate. There are things uh, far worse than fire. Yes, Doctor. And I can never thank you enough for breaking the bridge between the past and the present. What What are you two talking about? Nothing, darling. Nothing at all. Oh, Roger. Oh, darling, you've been humming that all day. Well, I'm just glad to be out of a sick bed and on my way to California. Look, we just crossed the state line into Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Now we've come almost... 600 miles since dawn. Yeah, it's getting dark. Mm-hmm. Don't you think we ought, we ought to stop now for the night? Anything you say, darling. Yeah, let's stop at the next motel. Hmm? All right. I guess I better turn the headlights on. Mm-hmm. There. Oh, darling, I've never been so happy. I... Roger. Hmm? What? Do you... 
You smelled something? Yes, it's good country air. No, I, I don't mean that. Jenny, what's wrong with you? Don't you smell it? Smell what? That, that perfume? Yes. Oh, it seems familiar. Yes. What is it? Narcissus. Narcissus. Wasn't that the... said in the study that first evening? Yes. She's in the car, isn't she, Roger? She's followed us. Roger, answer me. What? Roger. Roger, you mustn't listen to her. She's trying to come between us. Darling, look at me. Look at me. Why are you slowing down? No. No. Mysterious travel again. Did you enjoy our trip? Poor Janie. There are some ghosts you just can't escape from. But strangely enough, as Roger Barton was being hanged some six months later for his wife's murder, everyone noticed a strange scent of perfume about the gallows. Some people said afterwards it was the scent of Narcissus. I trust that if you ever see a house for the first time and it looks familiar, then you'll have the good sense to turn and flee. Perhaps, perhaps a ghost out of your past awaits in that house. A ghost that's been waiting for you a long time, and he's good. Oh, you have to get off here. I'm sorry. I'm sure we meet again. I take this same train every week at this same time. The Mysterious Traveler. Now you can follow other tense and exciting adventures of The Mysterious Traveler in the current issue of The Mysterious Traveler magazine now available. In our cast were Bryna Rayburn and Lyle Sudrow. Maurice Tarplin starred in the title role. Music under the direction of Emerson Buckley composed by Richard DuPage. This program came to you from New York. For news, the habit is mutual. Everyday Mutual's core of expert reporters, commentators, and analysts bring you up-to-the-minute editions of late news happenings. Every weekday evening, Gabriel Heater, Bill Henry, and Frank Edwards bring you their colorful, concise, and penetrating views of current events. Every Saturday and Sunday evening, you can hear veteran correspondent Cecil Brown with a weekend news roundup. Stay tuned to Mutual every day for news reports by these four experts, all heard over most of these same stations. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. I need to make a correction. 
I had originally stated that Stranger in the House was first broadcasted on March 6th, 1944, when in actuality, it was March 26th, 1944. Granted, not a big deal, but I am extremely anal when it comes to being factual. The next radio program tonight is called Mystery in the Air. And this was an anthology series on NBC that was a summer replacement in 1947 and ran from July through September. It was hosted by actor Harry Morgan, who many of us remember as Colonel Sherman T. Potter from the hit television series MASH. And it starred the incredible character actor Peter Lorre. Old time radio historian and author Tim DeFrost wrote a great description of this series. He writes, Mystery in the Air was more or less based on the premise that it would be entertaining to listen to Peter Lorre go insane once a week. And he is 100% accurate. I've heard almost every episode from this series and Laurie gives an intense performance in each one of them. The radio play tonight is an adaptation of the popular short story Orla, which was published in 1887 and written by French writer, I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name, so forgive me, Guy de Maupassant. It was first broadcasted on August 21st, 1947. So, you know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to Orla. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre, presented by Camel Cigarettes. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two kinds of stories. Those you can take to bed with you and they relax you and put your mind at ease. And then, then there's the other kind. Now, our story tonight is the other kind. I still do not know whether it was the shadow of the madness to which the author himself so tragically succumbed, or whether there really was a, an evil something that could not be seen or described. Oh, why don't you decide for yourself, uh, I'm simply going to tell you the facts in a case as set forth by Guy de Maupassant in his immortal story, The Horror. Each week at this hour... Peter Lorre brings us the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces culled from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, The Horla by de Maupassant. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre, brought to you by Camel Cigarettes.
Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. Yes, let your T-Zone experience what it means to enjoy camels' choice, superbly blended tobaccos. You know your T-Zone, that's T for taste and T for throat, is your true proving ground for any cigarette. So try a camel. Discover whether that rich, full camel flavor doesn't just hit the spot with your taste. Whether that cool camel mildness doesn't get along beautifully with your throat. See if you too don't say, Camels suit my T-zone to a T. all the morning lying in the grass in front of my house, the house in which I was born and grew up. Oh, it's a wonderful house, and I love it. From my windows, I can see our great river, the Seine, which flows along the side of my garden, yes, the great wide Seine, which goes to Rouen and Le Havre, and, and is covered by boats passing to and fro. Yes, down to the left lies Rouen, and a whole city dominated by the spire of the cathedral and, and full of bells which sound through the air on fine days, even as far as my home. Oh, <laughs> what a wonderful morning. I was almost sorry when Marie, she's my housemaid, you know, when, when she interrupted me. Your luncheon is ready, monsieur? Oh, <laughs> thank you, Marie, but... You know, it seems a pity to go in a house. Say, do you like it here, Marie? Oh, yes, sir. I like it very much. Yeah. I love to watch the boats go by on the Seine. Oh, you do, huh? So do I. See that one? That big schooner, and, and it's being pulled back. Look, what a little tug. Oh, look, it's no bigger oh, than a fly. Isn't it beautiful? Mm. So clean and white and yes, shiny. All white, yes, and she's a three-master, you know. Brazilian, I think, yes. I, yes, I can see the flag. It is Brazilian. Oh, she's had a long journey from South America to pass my house. You love this place very much, don't you, monsieur? <laughs> yes, Marie, I, I love it. I can feel those deep roots which attach a man to the soil on, on which his ancestors were born and died and, and to the villages, yes, to, to, to the atmosphere itself. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about, do you, Marie? No, sir. No. But I do know that if you don't come into the house soon, your luncheon will be cold. All right, all right, Marie, I'll come in. I've had a slight feverish attack the last few days, and I feel low-spirited and ill. I, I have continually a horrible feeling of, of impending danger, an apprehension of, of some coming misfortune or, 
or of approaching death. Uh, I've never experienced anything like this before. If it continues, I, I think I'll have to see my doctor. Look, I've told you, your pulse is rapid and your eyes yes, are slightly yeah. dilated. Otherwise, you're in splendid condition. But, Doctor, then then why is it when evening comes on, a, a feeling of oppression seizes me, just, just as if night concealed something horrible? Why is that? Probably just a slight attack of indigestion. Yes, yes, indigestion. Yesterday, when I was walking in a forest of Rumar, why did it suddenly seem to me that I was being followed and, and that someone was walking at my heels close, quite close to me? He was near enough to touch me, and yet, yet when I turned around, I saw nothing. Nothing behind me but the path between the tall trees. Horribly empty. Can you explain that by indigestion, can you, huh? Well, here's a bromide. Mm. If you'll take it in several cold showers daily, I'm sure your fears will vanish. Yes, I'm and sure. And you'll be able to sleep without any further trouble. All right, Doctor. Thank you very much. Just a moment, just a moment. Yes? Are you all right? What You're is it, screaming Marie? and calling out. I'm sorry, I... Wake the I servants. I must have been here having a nightmare, Marie. Look, Who if you dreamed that someone was looking at you and touching you and, and taking your neck in his hands and squeezing it, squeezing with all his might in order to strangle you, don't you think you would cry out too, huh? Oh, yes, sir, I'm sure well, I you should. you see, all right. Just tell the other servants I shall try to be more quiet. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Good night. Hey, look. Look, Marie, my, my water carafe. Your water carafe, monsieur? Yes, it, it was full. I, I know it was full when I went to bed. Yes, sir, I filled it last night. Yes, and now it's empty. I haven't touched it, and, and it's empty. Yes, sir. Somebody has drunk the, the water. Some, somebody has, has been in his room. Somebody, something... Drank that water. I don't know who could have, sir, unless perhaps you yourself in your sleep. Yes, yes, I myself in my sleep. Of course, that's it. I, I must have done it myself, Marie. Marie, tell him to pack my things. Uh, I'm going to Paris. Uh, I'm leaving the first thing in the morning. <laughs> Paris, I, I must have lost my head during the last few weeks. And at home, my mental state bordered a madness, for, for I had believed... Yes, I, I had believed that, that an invisible being lived beneath my roof. <laughs> how stupid, how perfectly ridiculous it all seems now, yes. Twenty-four hours in Paris have completely restored my equilibrium, and, and tonight I... I'm going to dine at the house of my cousin, Madame Sablé, and, oh, Dr. Parent is going to be there. He's the famous specialist for nervous disorders, and, and I shall ask him, and I'm sure he, he can finally put my mind at rest about this, this silly hallucination. Well, Dr. Parent, I'm, I've been wanting to ask you, have, have you ever known of a case where a person feels that he is, um, how shall I put it, an... Not entirely in, in command of his soul? It is curious that you should ask me that. Why is it curious? Because now, only now, in 1889, yes. after all these years, 
We are on the verge of discovering one of the most important secrets of nature. What is that? Ever since man has thought, he has felt himself close to a mystery which has been impenetrable to his gross and imperfect senses. Whatever are you talking about, Dr. Parent? (laughs) Apparitions, my dear Madame Sablé. Invisible spirits. Oh, you doctors. You're always being mysterious. Oh, not at all. For more than a century now, men seem to have had a presentiment of something new. Uh, Mesmer and some others have put us on an unexpected track, and we have arrived at really surprising results. Oh, you're just trying to frighten us. Not at all. If you think so, would you like me to try to send you to sleep, madame? It would be a novel experience. (laughs) If you can do it. (laughs) And if I can, it will answer your cousin's questions. Yes, it certainly would. Now, madame, if you would just sit in this easy chair. So. Now, you must let your mind go completely blank and look fixedly into my eyes. Yes, that's right. Now, you are going to sleep. To sleep. You're going to sleep. 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 You see, her eyes are becoming heavy. Her mouth is twitching. Yes, sleep. You have nothing but... Doctor, I don't like this. It frightens me. Sleep. Sleep. Here, now she is asleep. An easy subject, I must say. Now, if you will stand directly behind her chair, I will proceed with the experiment. Now, Hmm. I hand her an ordinary pasteboard visiting card. So. Now, Madame Sable, you hold in your hand a looking glass. Yes. I am holding a looking glass. What do you see in it? I see my cousin standing behind my chair. What is he doing? He is... Twisting his ear. But, Doctor, she cannot see me behind her by by looking at a piece of cardboard. No, of course she can't. She sees you through her mind. Or someone's mind. This troubles you, doesn't it? Yes, it it troubles me. But it answers your question. No. No, it does not. That's common knowledge, Doctor. It's an axiom that, that human beings can be dominated by human beings, but... What if a human being is is dominated by something, by, by something else, I mean, something not human? What then, Doctor? August 6th. I'm back at home. Yes, now I know it's useless to struggle. Useless. Somebody possesses my soul and and dominates it. Somebody orders all my acts, all my thoughts. I'm I'm nothing except his slave and a terrified spectator of all I do. Yes, but but who is he? This this invisible being that that rules me. This this unknowable spirit. This this rover of a supernatural race. He he must have a name. I I know he has. A, I feel it. I, I can feel it. And, oh, someday, someday it will come to me. Oh, if, if I only could leave my house and go away and escape and, and never, never return. But it's impossible. This, this being I cannot call by name, he, he will not let me. I'm helpless. What can I do? What can I do?
moment, Mr. Peter Lorre will bring us the climax of tonight's mystery in the air when camels present Act Two of the Horla. Experience is the best teacher. Even thousands of years ago, that was an old saying. Today, sports champions like polo star Cecil Smith are living examples of its truth. Yes, as you see Cecil Smith streak down the field, see him hit a 60-yard backhand shot for the winning goal of the game, you know it takes experience to play polo like that. As Cecil Smith himself said, Experience is the best teacher in polo, and in cigarettes, too. During the wartime cigarette shortage, I smoked any brand I could get. Experience taught me how much I really appreciate camels. They suit me to a T. During the wartime cigarette shortage, people smoked whatever brands they could get, remember? Yes, smokers compared the different brands, whether they wanted to or not. People became experts in judging the differences in cigarette quality. And on the basis of that experience, more and more people discovered they preferred the rich, full flavor of camels, the cool mildness of camels. As a result, more people are smoking camels than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel yourself. Now back to de Maupassant's terrifying story of a man obsessed by the idea that he is dominated by an invisible being. Fear is ruining his life. The suspicion that he is no longer master of his own actions, even of his own soul, is rapidly becoming a certainty. It's only two o'clock, and the whole night is before me. Oh, how, how still it is. And the stars, how bright they are. Who inhabits those faraway regions, and, and what do they know that we do not know? Will not one of them someday appear on our earth to conquer it? We are so weak, so, so defenseless, and what was that? I heard the rustle of paper, yet there's no wind Absolutely no wind. There. It's that book, yes. The, the one on the table under the lamp. It's incredible. The, the page has turned. The, the page lifted itself up and fell down upon the others as if a finger had turned it over. My armchair appears empty, but, but no, it isn't. No, no he is there. I know he is, sitting in my place. He's reading. I can't stand it any longer. I'll, I'll grasp him and... He ran away. He ran away before I could reach him. He, he ran away and, and the window closed after him. <laughs> He's afraid of me. He's afraid of me. <coughs> what do you call yourself, you you evil shade? Whatever it is, whatever it is, someday, someday I'll catch you and, and crush you. Monsieur, monsieur. What? What? We heard the noise and we wondered. Another nightmare, monsieur. No, it's not a nightmare. I, I was awake. Tell me. Tell me, Marie. Do you believe in, 
in invisible things. Invisible? Yes, invisible beings that, that dominate you. Well, uh, I read an article about that an in article? the paper today. What did it say? That somewhere in Brazil, I think, Brazil. people are frightened, leaving their houses, saying they're pursued by invisible beings which feed on their life while they're asleep. Yeah. Like vampires, you know? Marie. Marie, that, that is where he came from. Oh, monsieur. Don't you remember the, the day we saw that little tug pulling that, that big Brazilian schooner up the river? Yes. Remember, she she looked so white, all white, and and he, he was on board. Yes, he he came from there where his race originated, and and he saw me, and, and he saw my white house, and, and he sprang from the ship. Oh, <laughs> now, now I understand. Don't you? Don't you? No, monsieur, I don't. No. No, you couldn't. It, it's all right, Marie. Go to bed. There's nothing wrong. Don't worry anymore. Go back to sleep. Go. Yes, now I know. How can I help but knowing it's obvious? Yes, the... The rule of man is over, and, and he has come. He has arrived. But, but what is his name? What do you call yourself? What's that? I, no, I know he's... He's shouting it out. Yes, yes, I listened. Huh? Horla. That's it, yes. The Horla. Yes, the Horla. He, he haunts me. He... He is within me. He's becoming my soul. I, I shall kill him. There, monsieur. What? The iron shutters on the windows and door complete. All right. Though why anybody wants half-inch iron shutters in their bedroom is more mm. than I can see. Well, at least it'll keep everything out. I don't want to keep things out. I want to keep something in. Hmm? Never mind, never mind. If you have finished, you take your tools and go. My housekeeper will pay you. Yes, monsieur. Good day, monsieur. Good day. Now I'm ready. Yes, tonight he'll come. But tonight I'm ready for him. I, I'm ready for him. <laughs> He's here, yes. I, I feel it. At, at last, he's here, but... Oh, I don't want to alarm him. I, I'll casually close the iron shutter so... So casually as... As if I'm preparing for bed and... Now I'll start to close the iron doors. As if I'm shutting myself in for the night. But, but instead of shutting myself in, I'll... I'll shut myself out! Yes, yes, it's Donnie. He's inside. He, he cannot escape. Downstairs, downstairs, yes. As fast as I can run. Oh, good, good. The lamp is still burning. Oh, yes, fire. Fire, that'll dispose of him. Fire. Oh, see, the house is dry as tinder. Won't take long. See, the, the flames are reaching. 
the ceiling already. Oh. I, I'd better get out before I burn myself up, too. Here, here, see? Here, I can, I can watch from here. How slow, how slow the house is burning. Don't you suppose? No, no, there, yes. A tongue of flame licking out on the top of the window. And another, and, and another. See it burn. My house, my, my beautiful house. And, oh, but it's, it's more beautiful. And it's now in flames because, because he's inside. And he'll burn too, yes. And, and I'll be free. Free. Free of the horror. Forever. Fire. 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 Now the whole place is in flames. Nothing, nothing can stop it. That's Marie, the servants in the garret. They'll be killed. Here, stand back, oh, all of you. The rope you. killer came in. Look. Oh, the poor oh. devils, we've got to get some help. Yes. Maybe we'll get them out of there. It's lighting up the whole countryside. A monstrous, beautiful fuel fire. And he's burning, too. <laughs> My prisoner, that, that new being, that, that new master, the horror. The roof has fallen in. The roof has fallen in. premature destruction only we fear it all our human terror springs from that and well then after man what the horror yes after us who can die any day by any accident comes he who can die only at his own proper hour because he has touched the limits of his existence. No, he is not dead. Well, what can I do? What, what can I do? Oh, there's one thing I can do. I, I can destroy myself. Yes. 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 I must destroy myself. I'm going to destroy. Destroy myself. Yes, I know it's Thursday night, and we are on the air, but, but it's the horror. That... Oh, I, I beg your pardon. I, I'm sorry I got so excited, but I, I warned you at the beginning. It's, it's a very uncomfortable story.
the makers of Camel Cigarettes and Free Camels to service men's hospitals from coast to coast. This week, the Camels go to Veterans Hospital, Northampton, Massachusetts, USAAF Station Hospital, Boca Raton Field, Florida, U.S. Naval Hospital, Bremerton, Washington, U.S. Marine Hospital, Galveston, Texas, and Veterans Hospital, Augusta, Georgia. According to a nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. 113,597 doctors living in every state in America were questioned by three leading independent research organizations. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor, was asked. The brand named most was Camel. Next week, Mystery in the Air, starring Mr. Peter Lorre, brings you Beyond Good and Evil by Ben Hecht, with a special musical score composed and conducted by Paul Barron. Mr. Pipe Smoker, do you know why more pipes smoke Prince Albert than any other tobacco? Well, just try a pipeful, then you'll know. Just taste the extra-rich, full flavor of P.A.'s choice tobacco. See if you don't prefer Prince Albert's cool mildness. Prince Albert is specially treated to ensure against tongue bite. Crimp cut to burn slow, smoke cool. Yes, Prince Albert is specially made for smoking pleasure. See if you don't enjoy your pipe more with Prince Albert. Be sure to listen to Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry Saturday night for a half hour of folk songs and humor with Red Foley, Minnie Pearl, Rod Brassfield, and the rest of the Opry gang. And his red special guests, those musical Denning sisters. Remember, Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry, Saturday night over NBC. Listen again next week at this same time when the makers of Camel Cigarettes present Mr. Peter Laurie in Mystery in the Air. Next week's play will be Beyond Good and Evil by Ben Heck. The artists supporting Mr. Lorry tonight were Henry Morgan as the voice of mystery, Peggy Weber as Marie, Lorene Tuttle as Madame Sable, Ken Christie as the doctor, Ben Wright as Dr. Parent, Howard Culver and Jack Edwards, Jr. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood wishing you a pleasant good night for Camel. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's the show for this evening. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970. Or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd 1. And if you want to drop me a line, a suggestion, hey, maybe even a critique, feel free to email me at radioshownerd at gmail.com. And I also have a YouTube page now, Terror Radio Podcast. So please check it out. Like the videos, subscribe. Highly appreciated. Again, this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off.